0: What we do as actors. What are we actually studying? Really, we're not actually studying scripts. We're not studying beats and objectives and all the crap that that we've made it about that we can package and sell. We're actually studying allowance. We're studying service. We're studying following and surrender. We're studying presence with other people. We're studying empathy. That's the real study. That's the real work.
1: To Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm your co host, AJ Meyer.
2: And I'm Trevor Algott. And coming up in episode 222, I sit down for part one of my three part chat with actor Ben Mathis. And guys, whoa. Ben articulates some things in this interview series that I've been trying to figure out how to say on the podcast for years. I mean, I feel like. We could really just end the podcast after this interview series. So get ready. In part one, Ben and I dive straight down the rabbit hole, exploring the many facets of one simple question How can artists build a foundation on something more than just the work? It's awesome to stay with us.
1: Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from Rehearsal Pro. Yes, Pro. The next version of Rehearsal, the essential app for actors. And it's coming in just a few short months. If you want to learn your lines, be off book for auditions, explore your character and make stronger choices, and do a whole lot more, because this is the new version, then go to rehearsal.pro. IAP right now to learn all about the great new features coming in the next version of Rehearsal, Rehearsal Pro, the groundbreaking app designed by actors for actors. Reserve your soon-to-be-released copy of Rehearsal Pro right now at rehearsal.pro slash I-A-P. That's rehearsal.pro slash I-A-P.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 222. How are you, AJ?
1: I, I feel like you threatened us. <laughs> How did I? Th- oh, <laughs> with the <laughs> you're teaser? Like, you, no, no, you were like, yeah, exactly. You were like, like, we could end the podcast right now. Usually, if something comes to an end, you know, not not usually, but sometimes it could be a bad thing. Or like, it came mm. to an end because suddenly, Trevor and I became racist on on the what? air. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I was just trying to think of something that would be like epically horrible and 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 the uh okay. and the podcast. Well, I, I mean, look, if uh if Trump can be epically racist and, uh, and it doesn't end his uh, you know, presidential bid, then yeah, maybe we can uh keep the podcast rolling. <laughs> so, what's new in your world this week? What is new? I, you know, <clears throat> nothing nothing acting-wise. Uh just a couple of I wouldn't call them revelations. I just there's been a lot going on. Uh, in my life outside of the career, which is honestly just, you know, all part of the same yeah, journey, right? It's all the same thing. Uh, yeah. So I just, uh, I was thinking recently about the, the choices that I've made, especially around, I guess, money and, and, and like sort of the thrival job career stuff. For the longest time, I have not allowed myself, I I think what it is, I've I've not allowed myself to, um, get too invested in uh, a career outside of acting because I guess I was afraid of not being open and available for auditions. Mm. And Mm. obviously that's the, you know, I've said it on the podcast before. It's like, you know, find me the job that like is flexible, lets me go out on auditions. And also, you know, has health benefits and is enough to cover my expenses. Right. That's a, that's a tough thing to find. But <clears throat> I, I think I wasn't, um, in an effort to find that, I think I wasn't allowing myself to be abundant. There's my work, you know, 2016 word again. I wasn't allowing myself to, um, to, to build up the, capital that would, that would support me in, in all areas of my life, my life, uh, the art and my career included. Am I making sense? So I, I essentially what I'm saying is I think I've, I'm hoping I've turned this corner where I'm excited to build wealth, um, knowing that <clears throat> it's not going to hurt my acting career. And if anything, it's just going to support it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and things, certain things are happening. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very close to a promotion at, uh, at work and you know, the, the, just like the choices that, um, I'm making and we're making as a couple, like, you know, the choice not to drive the choice to, I mean, it could be simple stuff like, you know, <laughs> I think you even said when I walked into work the other night, you were like, oh, brown it, huh? <laughs> or something mm-hmm. I'm like, hell yeah. Like we're, you know, we make food at home and bring it. So just like these, these little choices that all add up. Um, okay. It's just been on. Yeah. I don't know. It's been on my mind a lot lately. Is I
2: this think. uh is this like
1: a really heavy thing for you? What do you mean?
2: I, I'm just listening to you speak and it, like you sound very weighed down by it.
1: I think I have been in the past is what it is. And maybe that's what you're experiencing. So I'm excited. That's what, And that's what I mean about this, like feeling like I'm turning a corner is uh, I've allowed the um, experience of, of feeling. Well, it's like, oh, I have to I have to be available for these auditions or. You know, I'm not going to get anywhere in my acting career. And granted, I'm getting older and, you know, part of me wishes I had had this, you know, not revelation, but uh, this turn earlier in my life. But everything happens for a reason and everything happens in its, you know, in its time. And uh, maybe that's the heaviness that you're experiencing is. This sort of like, man, I wish I, that this. I wish I had started thinking this way earlier.
2: Well, it's all perfect, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. All perfect. Exactly. So I'm, ex- I'm, I'm, I'm excited, and I think what I think what will happen is that that heaviness will start to, and it already has, will start to lift, and we'll feel like this is the this is the sort of mature building of abundance that I should have or could have been doing years ago. Um, And then that, you know, the heaviness will not, will not be there. I don't know. I, a part of me feels like I'm rambling now.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's great, man. I mean, yeah, I think it's important. I think this is, you're speaking into something that I would imagine every actor comes up against. And by the way, this is a perfect sort of place to be at for uh, this interview series with Ben because when I was just, when I remember chatting with him during the interview and having uh, you know a reaction to what he was saying, a response, a very visceral sort of gut level response of just like, this is the truth. But then when I was going back and editing you know, the interview and taking notes and like you asked me the other day when I was telling you like this is an awesome interview series and you said like what 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 is it like? Would give me a few sort of like tidbits and I said well really the idea that when you train for something you're you're seeking an end a specific end result but when you're when you're being in the practice of something it just becomes a a, a sort of softer evolution uh, a, an ebb and flow kind of journey and so that idea I think applies directly to what you're experiencing and, and being in your life right now. So it's, mm. it's really, really perfect on, on a bunch of levels.
1: Well, I, I also, it, the, the interview series influenced my pick of the week this week. And so, you know, we'll talk about that afterwards. But, uh, you know, it's an, it's an article that I read a while ago and it, it's been on my mind. I haven't been able to get it off my mind. And I think that it sort of coincides with the conversation we're having now and, and this interview series. So I'm excited to talk about that later. Awesome. We should talk about uh, what's going on with you and some of the awesome announcements that I know you have for this episode.
2: Yeah, I just want to share that the membership is really kicking ass. Uh, I, I just, I've been, um, you know, in there just about every day for the past few weeks, and just want to encourage people to jump in there because there's a lot of great stuff happening. I just took a few notes here. It's, you know, people are sharing their own annual reviews. And that's always really insightful and inspiring to see kind of what their journeys look like and people are supporting each other uh, in, you know, brainstorming ways around obstacles and and applauding each other for, you know, getting vulnerable and sharing some of the realizations they're having. Several people in that same vein are jumping into the artist's way. So thank you, Jenna Fisher, for like inspiring this movement in it on inside <laughs> acting.
1: <laughs> Don't do it perfectly. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So we have, I would know, maybe like half a dozen people at least uh, have just kind of said, you know, hey, I'm doing the artist's way. And there's already a couple great threads in there just discussing, you know, different ways to approach it and how people are implementing it in their life and their lives, Uh, and including, uh, this is kind of cool, Tiffany Hudson, one of our longtime listeners and supporters, shared uh, 101 artist date ideas, which I think is great, because the artist date is one of those things that I've always kind of struggled with. Uh, It's hard to make an appointment just for you to go somewhere and fill the well, as Julia Cameron says, and then actually stick to it every Mm -hmm. time I've made an appointment in my calendar to do it. It's come up to that time and I'm like, I don't really feel like taking a walk on the beach. I'll just stay here and watch a movie, you know. So uh, I was coming up short on ideas. So that's another great thing is these 101 artist date ideas. Uh, we got the book club. A lot of people jumped into reading The Slight Edge. I think it was very supportive for a lot of people. And we're moving into February now. So we've got a new book to be checking out, to be announced soon. And this is really cool. We've had our ABC meetups where people kind of get together and mastermind different ways to uh, level up their careers. Well, William Beaumont, who's another long-time listener and supporter, has started uh, his own ABC thing uh, called the ABC Workout with the specific focus of supporting each other in creating our own vignettes, scenes, real materials, short films, whatever it is, experimental or not. And uh, the next one uh, of those is happening on February 7th. So more details inside the membership, but uh, I didn't get a chance to go to the last one. I was booked all day, but it sounds like it was really productive and and they're getting ready to shoot very, very soon. And I just think it's so cool to just see what people are doing to support each other and to know that um, this podcast was able to uh, inspire and empower and be of support uh, on that journey to, to people that are just saying, you know, like I'm not gonna wait around for the phone to ring. And I understand that this is not all about paying money to go to casting director workshops and you know creating my target lists and getting in class. Like those things are very important. Don't get me wrong, but I think that comes from a sort of reactionary perspective to art. You know, it's how do I kind of play into the system? And what I want to, what I hope this podcast does is inspire uh, a, a, a think outside the box way of of doing things because we this industry is nothing more than a bunch of ideas that a bunch of people said were the right way to do things. The whole world, <laughs> the whole world for that matter. You know, sometimes I'm in traffic and I look at the traffic light and I think, why is the red light on top in the US? And why in the UK is are traffic lights sideways? And why are these traffic signs, the street signs green and not blue like they are in other parts of town? And I just think, why are sidewalks as wide as they are? Why are they laid out? the? Way- and it's just because enough people said, this is the way it should be. And everybody else just went, okay, yeah, that's the way it should be. That, that's all the world is. We can create new ways of support, of, um, of envisioning the world and, and doing things differently. And I think that you know that's, that's a core uh, piece of the journey for artists and creative people and actors. It's just like we get to envision a new world and then create it. Uh, through some, you know, some emotionally impactful means. And anyway, this is a long way of saying that I, I love what's happening in the membership. I love what's happening with these meetups and stuff. And I'm just so stoked that it's that it is a reality, and we get to play a small part in it. So that's all my news for this week. Is everybody else's cool shit?
1: Uh, so the workout thing that uh, William is doing—that's not. Actually, that doesn't have anything to do with uh, f- like physical fitness.
2: No, it's like a okay. it's like a creativity workout. From what Got I it. understand, I <laughs> wasn't at the me- the last meeting, but that's what that's my uh, my take on it.
1: Got it. Awesome. Yeah, that's so cool.
2: Yeah. So yeah, moral of the story: get into the membership uh, and uh, start communicating and participating because there's cool shit everywhere. <laughs> that sounded really graphic. <laughs> It's it's all over the walls. It's all over. Somebody somebody at Chipotle. Uh, Oh,
1: you're gross. That's gross. (laughs) Uh,
2: Anyway, we don't have any listener questions or emails or voicemails or anything for this episode specifically, uh, unless you have something, AJ, that uh, popped into your feed that didn't pop into mine.
1: No, not that I can think of. Oh, I did want to mention uh, I got a voicemail. Actually, from a long-time listener, uh, pay- turn patron, turn member, uh, Andy Goldberg, who oh, yeah. started the artist doing something. Yeah. Um he sent me a voicemail like a long time ago, and I just want—I keep forgetting to bring it up in the podcast as a uh, a listener question, but it—it it technically is. Um, he just happened to call me personally, as opposed to calling the podcast, and so I keep forgetting to, to add it in. <clears throat> there was a while ago. When I was talking about how you and I went to um, the Rapid Reels, the Real Talk launch party, yeah, and I was talking about I was talking to Trevor, not, not you're Trevor, to Ben's agent, and uh, I told that story about how I was like joking with him, like, "What are you doing here? You're going to get attacked by all these actors." And Andy said it made him laugh, but then he asked, you know, how do you follow up with someone like that after that experience if you want to keep in touch with them? And the answer is very brief, but I think it's very telling uh, and something that I think actors really should pay attention to because it's about the way in which we build relationships. And the answer is you don't, you don't really follow up with them. Instead you figure out how you can build a relationship with that person and where you might be able to find them. Hmm. In other words, listening as opposed to talking. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I asked Ben, where is this guy on social media? And he said, oh, he doesn't really have Twitter or Facebook, but he is on Instagram. So what do I do? I go on Instagram and I find out what he's interested in and maybe, maybe somewhere in the future, me having that information about the kinds of things that he is into, will become become a part of relationship building with him if that makes sense absolutely and so I just i it it suddenly came to me right now as we sit here Andy i'm sorry that uh, you know I haven't addressed this earlier, but that is the short and sweet answer to that question is is it's just about listening to the social media output of someone like
2: yeah. that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a classic uh, how to win friends and influence people thing right there.
1: Sure. A great yeah, book exactly. from Dale
2: Carnegie. Uh, and uh, what's the saying? Everybody's tuned into their favorite radio station, which is WFM W-I-I-F-M, which is what's in it for me. And I, I, I think if you go into a relationship knowing that people are always, uh, you know, ourselves included, always kind of going, what's in it for me? that you kind of can't lose that's a great way to build bulletproof relationships Is just saying how can i how can i give this person more of what they want of
1: what's mm. going to make their
2: their life better and easier and more fun and create more money and more interest and and things and and then by doing that you you create um, value in your own presence and that's how you build relationships i mean awesome. it, or at least i should say that's how you start
1: what do you do if you only care about yourself because that's kind of the boat and i'm I'm just kidding (laughs) you
2: just look in the mirror a lot (laughs) and flex (laughs) sure yeah why not without
1: further ado let's jump
2: into this part one chat with ben because like i said earlier uh this is some pretty life-changing shit right here and uh i just want to preemptively before you guys listen to the interview preemptively thank ben for sharing this thank you for tuning into this And um, I think this is one that you're going to want to save in a folder somewhere and set a reminder to re-listen to every few, I don't know, months maybe, um, just to kind of refresh yourself on what life is about because that's really where this interview goes. And I think it's so foundational and so fundamental that we we literally could end the show after this if we wanted to. We're not going to, but we could (laughs) if we wanted to because this is really all that needs to be said about this journey. So enjoy part one, guys, and we'll catch you on the other side. everybody. This is Trev, and I'm really, really, really excited to be sitting across from a gentleman named Ben Mathis, who is an actor and producer, uh, born in Atlanta, lives now here in Los Angeles. Uh, You've got an MFA from UC Irvine, I think. You're a certified teacher of the Fitzmaurice voice work work (laughs) method. You've taught uh, at many different schools and universities. Um, You're a big theater guy, which Uh I love. uh Um, You've got your own acting studio out here called the Crash Acting Studios. Uh You've written. a couple books. I've got them on the shelf over there, Thought Lozenges for Actors and Crash. Crash. Unstuck um, yourself. Which are which are amazing. But the most exciting thing Uh, about you to me is this movement you've created called urban confessional which we were talking beforehand and i i i told you i think is the absolute best training for actors and it's so simple Mm -hmm. so there's so much i want to get into with you here uh but before we go there now that you're qualified and our listeners are like wow this guy's (laughs) awesome um let's talk about the beginning because you were born in atlanta which um you know there's stuff going on there now Uh currently um it may not be in the next few years but you know like who knows but the point being, like, it wasn't like necessarily the hotbed of the entertainment industry. So, what what brought you from Atlanta to to this world? Well, for I
0: mean, it, Atlanta is an unbelievable place outside of the industry. Just just growing up in, in Atlanta, the there's trees there, and there's unbelievable Wait, trees. Trees. It's are these weird things that come up out of the ground and then cover up a city. If you fly over Atlanta, you you almost literally can't see houses because there's so many trees that that oh, grow. Awesome. Over. It's really beautiful. Um, But from Atlanta, I did, you know, I I had such an unbelievable opportunity in high school, and I did theater all in high school, and really, really just dove into that community, and those people are still my friends today, and, you know, that's where it all came from. And then I went to University of Georgia, which is which was awesome. <laughs> that was amazing. And I was like, I'm not going to act. I'm going to do something sensible. You know, this is whatever. I'm not going to do this. It's time to grow up. So whatever that, <laughs>
1: whatever, never that, had that had conversation. Never
0: whatever that means, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, you know, the quicker you have that conversation, probably the happier you'll be in your life. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so then I decided like, I'm not going to do it. But then of course there was like auditions for the school play or whatever. And so I was like, I'll just go. Right? Yeah. So I went and then I got in it and then I started doing, um, Theater around the city of Athens. And then I got my first professional job touring children's theater through rural Georgia. And it was awesome. Like, we would just pack up the van. I'm like 19, and I'm playing Rumpelstiltskin for five-year-olds and signing autographs for six-year-olds and stuff yes. like this, right? you arrived. I've arrived. <laughs> and actually, that was some of the hardest work. And those, I mean, you've got to be, if you haven't done children's theater, man, you have to be so good. Because they 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 their bullshit meters. You know, oh, yeah. they'll check yeah. out. You, know, you kind of, I thought children's theater meant like big and loud and just crazy, but it means really truthful. And then maybe big and loud or right, whatever because right. we're in a yeah. gym and there's 50, you know five hundred kids or something. Um, so then I decided, hey, maybe I will do this with my life. Okay. I started also teaching at that time. Uh, I was 19 and I was, for two years, I ran a, a, an acting class on Sunday nights in the community. And so I was really... At 19
2: years old? Yeah. That's I awesome. didn't know what I was doing. It was awesome. It was something, right you
0: know, that's that's when it worked. It was really savage. And like, I had no idea what was happening. And right, we right. were just getting in there and doing awesome things. And nobody had told me how to do it or how to do it right. And so I was just doing it. And, and so then I decided, we gotta, I got to do this. So I went to, I, I ended up transferring to go to the Conservatory of Theater Arts at Webster University in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Which man I got to tell you what an unbelievable place, an unbelievable faculty, and really was a place where you could really just focus on developing your artistry and developing um, who you were as a person and how that pertained to your work. And um, I got my my equity card there and was doing Shakespeare in the Park and St.
2: Louis. That, and that's true. I mean, so what? Like, why St. Louis? Because that's also not a place you think of when you think acting, theater, entertainment. Yeah. What were you it, it, there?
0: It, believe it or not, St. Louis is an is a unbelievable theater town. There, there's yeah. a tremendous amount of work in St. Louis, in, between St. Louis and Cincinnati, and you know there's great theater there, and they take their art very, very seriously. And the thing, I, I don't know, I was drawn there because the, you know you go and it was it was like a feel kind of thing for me. I was like, this feels right, and I I known people who went there and loved it. It all kind of hit for me when. I was playing, it was my first equity show, and I was playing a fairy in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> any particular fairy or just like no, a, an anonymous oh, what fairy? What is the name? I can't remember the name. And I'm like running around, and and I was having a blast. At the same time, my brother, who's a Marine, was going into Iraq.
2: Yes. And I wanted to talk about this, too, because you've developed a one-man show about this. Right, so right. Th-
0: and I'm sitting here going, what am I doing? I, I'm... A fairy in a Midsummer Night's Dream, <laughs> and I'm making three fifty a week or whatever it was, yeah. and, and you know I'm having a blast. But there has got to be more, you know. This acting—what what does it actually mean to to the human experience, to my life, to the world? What does it actually mean? So it, I was twenty-two or twenty-three, and I started asking really tough questions, mm. and I was so lucky to have a professor at the conservatory who would meet me with those questions and. His name's Gary Glasgow, and we would, we would talk it out for hours in the morning. And I was asking like meaning of life type questions as it pertains to acting. And I was just, I was really thirsty for more. I knew it was not about getting famous, booking jobs, and doing repetition exercises. I was like, this has got to be more than this. Right. There's got to be something more, right? <laughs> my, my brother's in Iraq, and I'm a fairy on on stage. Mm. And it was never to discount what I was doing. It was just to to dive deeper into its purpose and its meaning. And and that was, looking back, that was really where I laid the foundation that ultimately would serve me, I think, for the rest of my career. And I, I intend to be doing this in this space in some capacity until I'm 90 years so, you know, somebody asked me when I wanted to retire some financial guy and I was like, what do you mean? retire? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> retire yeah. from what? Yeah. You and know, that's common is, with a lot of actors. So right. like, what do you,
2: people are like, what do you do for fun? You're like work, act, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> write stuff, yeah, do things. That. I don't know. This is all. Yeah. So
0: that got me really questioning that. And about that time, um, as the world turns, came to our campus to audition for some people to do. They were in doing a thing in St. Louis. Yeah, then wow. was, they were doing some stuff, and they ended up. I ended up booking a role on the show, and I ended up leaving the conservatory a year early. Um, and I picked up a BA degree in religion, actually, which that's another story. But I, I wrote a thesis, and I got out. Right, I was like, I'll see Wow. You. <laughs> and and I had an agent and everything in New York, and so I started working in New York and living there and. Um, working in theater around the country and just kind of trying to do the New York thing. But I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I had no idea. Right. And I was, I think, looking back, I was a very young, like 23, 24. I was coaching Ultimate Frisbee at Columbia and awesome. was running a high school program awesome. and I was acting. I mean, it was like, right. um, but the city was driving me crazy. So I decided uh, I'll be sensible and I'll go to grad school, which um, I've, as I look back, any reasonable decision, any decision I made trying to be reasonable um, was not necessarily the wisest decision. So I went to grad school <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and thinking, you know, I'll teach or I'll do something. I don't know. Is this the question you asked me? I yeah. Have no I idea mean, what I, think, I
2: think it's so interesting to hear how people kind of got into it because what I'm finding, and I, I'm just thinking this while you're speaking, is that a lot of people that we've talked to on the show, it's like their way in to the industry, so to speak, is usually accompanied by the words like, well, that was a really dumb thing to do or... <laughs> yeah. Like like they just kinda like stumble their way in and and I and I really love that because what that says to me is that you're just following your heart. Right. You're just you're just kind of like failing forward, which is our mantra on the show. Right, right.
0: There's something so beautifully causatively accidental about everything that we're doing. And um, so after grad school, you know, I, I I met some unbelievable people there and had some great experiences. I was not a great student because um, I was in a hurry. I was anxious. I was in a hurry. And so I was missing, I think, a lot of stuff. And so when I got out, I was a professor in San Diego and I was teaching in LA. And then I was also acting and, and driving six hours a day and, you know, literally and commuting. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I mean, good Lord. Um, I, I was married at the time. And and so it, it was just very, very difficult. and And that led to I, I, I think I got confused. I got lost, and I, I was I was making decisions that were outside of my integrity, um, in my artistry, and in, in the administration of my art, and in the administration of my relationships. And just you spend that much time in the car, I guess. I need to say that. Right, no. right. Anyway, I got lost, and and I I found mm-hmm. myself wanting to um, wanting to book jobs, wanting to work, and I was I was falling for the smoke. I was falling for the glitter. I was falling for the talk. Um, I, was, I was listening to the noise and I, I wasn't mm. in a place where I was paying attention to the fire and stoking the flames. And I was just looking at the smoke and trying to get some of that and trying to do mm. those kind of things. You know, ultimately uh, my my relationship ended and I was like, I confused and I had no idea what was going on. I had kind of become a person that I didn't ever expect to become in that respect. And mm. so I, um, I was teaching and running my own acting studio at the time and I thought it's not just about acting that doesn't make an amazing artist that doesn't that doesn't make a three dimensional artist that just makes an actor and and actors are beautiful individuals, but it breaks my heart to see actors become discouraged or stop doing this or measure themselves based on what a casting director said, or some agent said about them, or or they're, they're defining their worth based on their last audition. (laughs) You know, you either did or didn't book it. And that's who I am. And so I've seen so many actors just spin out of control and it does wake me up and breaks my heart. And I was going, how can we build a foundation as an artist upon something else? There's got to be another foundation to build upon that redefines what it means to be an artist, what it means to be successful as an artist, and how can we build a foundation that will give us a lasting career in the arts as an actor, uh, you know, whether I'm on television or film or whether I've created a, a theater company that performs in jails or whether I'm working with children. You know, we have to stretch what it means to be successful in this industry. Yeah. So yeah. one day I was in traffic. And you can't text in your car, but like there's no law against writing in your car. <laughs> so I have like notebooks full of what I call like traffic notes where I was sitting in traffic for hours writing. And I was like, I I've li- got a little chip. I love to be a little defiant. So I was like, I hope someone pulls me over and I'll be like, I'm not texting. I am <laughs> yeah, writing. Right? Right. So I would write notes. And, and I wrote once um, that if actors were to serve others, that it might make us better actors and if if we could connect that somehow connect service to training to empathy to acting to art to all of these things that would we would put in the gumbo of life and the gumbo of art and and really bring them all together and so um i started looking for ways for the the actors i was working with at my studio to serve and mm-hmm. i was in, i was meeting with homeless shelters and kind of just i was thinking ah, none of this feels right it was a very bureaucratic for good reasons and I was like, this doesn't feel, that's not what I'm looking for. So one day I was literally crossing the street in North Hollywood to go teach and a homeless guy asked me what, if I had any money, I said, I don't have any money, but I would pray for you. And I'd never done that before. You know, I was like, oh, what did I just say? <laughs> what does this mean? Right. But again, I'm like at rock bottom, my relationships at all, you know, I, I really had no idea what was going on. And there's something beautiful that happens at rock bottom where you're like, I'll just, whatever comes, I'll follow because I've got nothing else. I, yeah. I, I blew it all already. <laughs> so let's see where we're at. And so we did. And right there in traffic, we we connected. And Stanislavski calls it communion. And I thought, that's that's it. That that real presence with another person. That's what I want to understand as an actor. And that's what I would want to teach to actors. How do we find that in every aspect of our life? So I, I went up and I said to the class, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do free listening out in the streets. I thought that's probably as close to a uh, prayerful experience with somebody as we can get. Sure. And I said, um, who wants to join me? And so the next week we went out, and that was three and a half, almost four years ago. We haven't stopped since. And, and you've been uh, out every
2: single week? Um,
0: that's probably stretching it. Sometimes we're out more than once a week. Sometimes we're not out at all for a few weeks. You know, everybody's got their life and everything. And so, yeah. um, but for that first year, it was two or three times a week for me, and it became an enormous source of healing for me. Um, And it became an enormous source of training and understanding people. And then of course it doesn't take long to realize that it's not a quote training tool. It's a, it's a practice. It's something that we're incorporating to every aspect of our life. And so then it began to grow and and it's not just actors who do it anymore. Um, uh, And you know, so it changed my work as an actor. It changed my life as a person. Mm. And I, I, I'm getting to a point where I just don't know that you can be a great actor unless you are also on the path to being a great person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't know how we can do that. And yeah. um, great artistry comes with great living. And, and so I, I, it breaks my heart when I hear actors focusing so much on what what they would say is acting or I don't know. It's just all about, I had lunch with a guy the other day. I was like, what else can you do besides your work? He was like, Nothing. And I was like, that's cool, I guess. Like, I get the hustle. I love (laughs) the hustle. But give me, you know, the the, the better waiter I am, the better actor I am, the better teacher I am, the better actor I am. Because art is art. When I'm giving all of myself to anything, it brings all of myself into everything that I'm doing. So why are we compartmentalizing this? I'm either working or I'm surfing. Or I'm acting or I'm waiter. We begin to unite these things and decompartmentalize the aspects of our life. And we start to see that acting is not about training. It's not about executing an audition. Acting like yoga and medicine and law is a practice. Yeah. And, and that relationship you have to it lasts a lifetime. Like You'd never go into a yoga studio and be like, I'm better at yoga than you. <laughs> that, that, like who, what, what, the, You clearly don't understand yoga then, and that's what I discovered yeah, listening. Yeah. And and the free listening movement brought me into a deeper understanding because listening is a practice as well.
2: Mm. It's a muscle. It's yeah. a muscle.
0: It's it's not something you get. Like I'm done. I figured it out.
2: Right, no. yeah, because it's, listening is just an act of compassion, really, Right, and, and right. it's an act of connecting with, like, uh, okay, see, this is such a huge conversation, I'm, I'm so, so excited for to, to dig yeah. in, um, but there's a book I have over there on the shelf, so I think it's Book of Secrets by Deepak Chopra, Okay. Um, and he says, like, in the beginning of the book, he says, he recommends an exercise for the reader, and he says, like, just go out into your yard or into a park somewhere and just... Pick up a leaf or pick up a dandelion or pick up pick up something that is not you mm-hmm. uh, you know if it's a dog like cool, and look at it and just recognize that all that's happening is some neurons <clears throat> in your brain. some synapses in your brain are firing in this lightless cavity in your head, this entire experience is being created, but what's actually happening is is you are looking at yourself in a different form temporarily whoa, and that blew my freaking mind i was like oh my god we are all made of stardust we all come go back to stardust right. yeah and that dog is made of things that i used to be made of and i'm made of things now that that dog used to, and who knows maybe there are molecules that that dog pooped out that eventually made it through the system and that i ate as a as a head of lettuce or yeah, yeah. i don't know but it just it just baked my noodle and i thought oh my god when we are kind to someone else we are being kind to ourselves Mm -hmm. When we are abusive Mm -hmm. to someone else we are being abusive to ourselves and i know it's it's a little new agey spiritual you know woo woo but it's also not it's also just the way things are yeah yeah, yeah. it's physically like there's there's no way around it and yeah so when you when you when you talk about that when you talk about like acting being a service and listening and learning about yourself it's like what more sacred thing could there possibly be than connecting with another sentient life form it cuts to the heart of what i i think is so yeah. important and amazing about what you do which is just cutting to the to the to the core of it and saying you know what what is acting mm-hmm. it's a service and that service is listening to another person and coming from my truth right In in that moment right and in that way it is we connect with other people with strangers right probably more intimately than any other way is possible. I was in Atlanta last week. I took 30 high school kids
0: out listening in Atlanta. It was incredible. Yeah, and it then must I, have been. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll get there. High school kids. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting chills thinking about some of their experiences. And But afterwards, and usually when I go work at a school or something, I, I talk to the drama students or I do something like that, and they try to, you know, I I, I love to do that. It's one of my favorite conversations to have with, with people who are still in such touch with their dreams and everything is wide open. And one of the one of the guys in the the drama class was like, yeah, I want to do this, but you know, um, my parents they're supportive, but you know, maybe I'll get another, you know, the conversations we have about how should I proceed and all this kind of stuff. And I said, listen, here's the deal. What we do as actors, it's noble, it's pure, it's, it's a service to humanity. It's, it's a posture that we take. What, what are we actually studying? We're not actually studying really, we're not actually studying scripts. We're not studying beats and objectives and all the crap that that we've made it about that we can package and sell. We are actually studying allowance. We're studying service. We're studying following and surrender. We're studying presence with other people. We're studying empathy. That's the real study. That's the real work. And if that's the real work, then we have to reframe how we've been delivering that message. And then even in the high school, this this kid wondering about his life and how to talk to his parents and, and going through that struggle that so many of us went through, this is a different conversation. This is not about, and I've spoken to parents before and they'll tell me, well, we're going to give him a couple years to do this and mm-hmm. you know, we'll right. support him. For, and I I have, I have looked at very well-intentioned parents and said, if he was studying business, would you give him a couple years before he was the CEO? Is that the time frame you would impose on this person? You know, yeah. it, it, We're not studying something tangible, which is why we're studying something so pure. We're studying something so honest and real, which is why it's most disgusting when people shit on it. right? Because this is, you know, we're, we're studying the alignment of experience and expression and in its fullness, how that affects others. And what we're, that is what we're here to do. And when we have an actual belief in what that is, we begin to see how the skill set as actors actually position us better, perhaps, than anybody else to go out there and serve the world. Mm. Because we are the ones who have studied what it means to be human in such a way, we we just have to take it out of the classroom, out of the stage, out of the theater, and, and... reverse the mindset that says, hey, you know, L.A., it's not what can you do for me, L.A. It's, it's L.A., what can I do for you? Yeah. And how can I take these things and actually make an impact in the world? That is worth living for. That yeah. is so much more powerful and so much more of an artistic inspiration than the co-star that you're you 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 have been prepping for yeah. and and yeah. that you got depressed because you didn't book or you got thrilled because you did book you know we, and those things are important absolutely of course but built upon what foundation what foundation are you building your career upon and my belief is that if we build that career upon a foundation of service we build that career upon a foundation of artistry, and we define our success and our worth, not by the height of what we achieve, but by the depth of how we achieve it, then now we have really set ourselves up for a lifetime of this work. Yeah. There is no timetable. What are we talking about? You, you got a year here, you got five years here, I'm too old, this, that, or the other. I mean, Samuel, just start looking up people when they really, quote, made it <laughs> yeah. in their 30s and 40s and 50s. But then, there is no make it. What are we talking about? Right. There's right. no arrival. You're never ever finished. If it's a practice, we understand this. Yeah. But if it's a training, if it's a thing we're out here to achieve and become, um we it's very easy to fall for the glitter and for the smoke and for the noise because that's what's sometimes being sold.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: um your worth as an actor is much more than what you bring on set. Much more than what we bring to uh, an audition or anything. We are primed to serve the world and heal the world and bring people into a space where they feel loved and um, where, where they are reminded that they matter. And Urban yeah. Confessional was the thing that made me go, oh my gosh, this can be so much more. What we do, how we train as actors, that four years you spent in conservatory is not just so you can book You know, a co-star or a guest star, or become famous because you know as well as I do. God forbid you become famous without this foundation. God forbid you get to a place where you have some real influence and you're hustling, and you are your time is demanded like no one else, and you've not grounded it in some foundation that supports you. Because if you if you're lacking integrity in your work, then your work will lack integrity. You know, there's no other business, there's no other industry where we would say that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, you would never just assume, "Hey, I'm a I'm a lawyer without integrity." Maybe there, I, I don't know if that's a bad example. <laughs> um, but,
2: um, I wasn't going to say anything
0: because unless your work has character, your, your character needs
2: work.
1: Hey folks, welcome back to The Book Ends. I hope you enjoyed or maybe had a life-changing experience with (laughs) Ben Mathis uh, in part one of Trevor's interview. If you haven't yet, Uh, you will next week. So happy to have people like this on the on the journey with us yeah, um, yeah that's pretty great my goodness yeah
2: that's a um, great dude and uh, <clears throat> i i would love to get some inside acting listeners out to an urban confessional thing soon um i can't recall i, I edited this interview i haven't actually listened to it since we stopped talking on the other side of it but I, I think he mentioned a little bit about the urban confessional thing in this episode uh and he definitely does in the next episode so um, that would be really cool yeah, get, we'll, a, get we'll, a bunch
1: of members yeah. together and...
2: yeah. we'll organize it and, uh, and make it happen because like I said I at the beginning of the interview I think that's some of the best training you could possibly go through as an actor um, and there I am using the word training. <laughs> he just said, it's not about training, it's about practice. But, uh, but talk about <laughs> developing compassion and empathy and learning to really hear where another person's coming from and then being in touch with what that provokes inside of you. I mean, it, it's just where it's all at. It's where it is all at. It's a, acting an art as a spiritual practice and it's a service to the world. Amen.
1: What's your pick of the week? So, like I said before, <clears throat> this pick, you know, may also sort of go along with the, the themes of this episode. I, I, it's been a long time since I've done this and I don't usually do this. I think I've only done this maybe once before, but, uh, meaning pick an article as my pick of the week. But I saw this article on somewhere on social media, uh, of course. And, um, the title or the headline sounded very transformational it sounded very much like some of the you know leadership and self-development work that you and i have done trevor and it said uh you know you probably know to ask yourself what do i want and then it said here's a better question and i was like wait what what could be better than you know what do i want you know and then how you know how am i going to you know make that vision manifest and i started reading the article and i was the question that they that the the writer brings up is essentially what are you willing to like experience pain for? And he doesn't mean that in like a bad sense of like you have to you know, there's that saying, um pain is pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Mm-hmm. You know, so basically what he's talking about is like, you know, a lot of people want, you know, uh, a six pack and, you know, muscles and stuff, but they're not willing to go through the pain of getting up super early and going to the gym every day. Right. And a lot of people want, and this is where, you know, it, it, it really spoke to me, a lot of people want, you know, <clears throat> um, abundance, but they're not willing to go through the quote unquote pain mm-hmm. of, you know, taking a brown bag lunch to work oh, every day.
2: Mark Manson wrote this. Yeah, he's yes. awesome.
1: Yeah. So yeah. so it it just like it, it has really, really like, like I said, it's been just echoing in my brain uh, over and over and over again. I thought it might be a good or an interesting exercise for our listeners in terms of you know, everybody's—it's—it's it's the beginning of the year, and everybody's—you know, like you said, doing your year in review from last year, and also setting up yourself to win for this year. You know, what is it that you know we talk about in these um, in these workshops, Trevor? You know, they, they ask the question like, what are you willing to give up? Because a because a lot of times it's it's a it's a story that we have that's keeping us from from what we want, right? So, are you willing to give up the payoff that you're not good enough? for X, Y, and Z in order to have X, Y, and Z? Are you willing to give up the belief that, you know, it's not going to happen for you? Are you willing to you know and and what this article talks about is are you willing to, you know, put in the put in the the, the hours, the struggle, the not struggle, the 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 work that it takes in order to get to something. Mm-hmm. And 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 really, that will define what it is that you a want and b are actually going to create.
2: Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the what he says here. Ha- happiness is a struggle, uh, or requires a little bit of struggle. Like a, you have to work for it, you know. And I think a great way to put it is is uh, you know like everything that you want in life has a price, It has a price tag, and you just have to figure out what that price tag is, whether or not you're willing to pay it, and then get busy paying it. And that's really right. that's really like ninety percent of life, and then the ten percent is actually half of that ten percent of having it is so the five percent is uh is the satisfaction of knowing that you had to work for it, and the other five percent is actually having it.
1: <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs> it's, it's, yes. it's, Funny how life works. What is your pick of the week? My pick of the week is a book for all the readers listening. Uh, a novel by a guy named Jonathan Franzen. Uh, I didn't know much about Jonathan Franzen before I picked up The Corrections a little while ago. That's not my pick of the week, by the way. Um, and uh, all I knew was that he was like a you know a really sort of celebrated modern day author, and uh, and then he's you know. Oprah and him are like best buddies, and she has picked all his books for her book club. So I found these books at the library. They're like on the sale rack. It was like a dollar. You could buy 10 books for $10 or something. So I was like, I'll grab these. I read The Corrections, but just before the holiday, loved it. And I just finished Freedom, which is a large book. It's like 600 pages. Um, But man, can this guy write. And man, do you just fall in love with his characters. And... Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Five stars out of five stars. Check it out. Freedom by Jonathan Franzen. Link on our website in the show notes. Epic. And then uh, we have a listener pick from Jasmine.
1: Yeah, she found uh, this episode of um, Tim Ferriss' podcast, which um, he still uh, posts up at 4hourworkweek.com. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the art, the title of his domain obviously based on the title of his book um he interviewed of all people one of my one of my seriously one of my top actors and in terms of you know people ask me like who are your favorite actors i usually respond with kevin spacey and this guy who's edward norton he had edward norton on his podcast and i'm sure and i haven't listened to it yet but i'm sure in addition to talking about um you know the the entertainment industry he dives into something that has come up a lot recently on the podcast, which is crowdfunding. So he talks about crowdfunding, uh, mastery, and must read books. I cannot wait to listen to mm, this awesome um, Just hitting all the, the all the sweet spots for um, f- in terms of uh, the things that we like to talk about here on IAP. So uh, check that out. Edward Norton on Tim Ferriss's podcast on four hour workweek. there will be a link to that of course um, in the show notes for this episode
2: brilliant so to recap that is uh, the article on courts by Mark Manson how to or sorry you probably know to ask yourself what do I want but here's a way better question uh, Freedom by Jonathan Franzen kick ass book and then uh, the Ed Norton episode on Tim Ferriss's podcast so check those out links to everything on our website in the show notes that does it for episode 222 of Inside Acting today's episode was produced and co-hosted by me Trevor Algott, and AJ Meyer. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gedali Gubrek is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. And Trevor Algott, that's me edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music and a big thank you to those of you who have written in about our available director of public relations position we're putting our heads together as a team uh, because we've got some thoughts about how we might want to structure things and uh, we'll be in touch with you guys very very soon and if you uh, have not uh, written in and you're interested in learning more please do
1: you can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website insideacting.com Dot you can also find us on iTunes, and your reviews there are hugely appreciated.
2: Special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and VO2Gogo.com, which, in case you didn't know, is the award winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. And side note, it just keeps getting better. Yes, I'm biased. I do teach these courses, but it's the best training out there. Visit vo2gogo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's V-O as in voiceover, the number two, gogo.com slash start. And thanks to you, our listeners. If you love Inside Acting and you want to maximize its value in your life and career and support the continued production of this here podcast, Sign up as a monthly member and get cool perks like access to our membership message board, cool freebies, invites to exclusive member meetups, and a whole lot more. Just visit InsideActing.net and click on the membership tab.
1: For episode 222 of Inside Acting, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, how can you serve others?